to the Granary Church podcast. We are happy you're here. For more information on the Granary Church, head to granary.org.au or follow our socials at the Granary Church. It's an honour and privilege always to, to be among the believing body of Christ. How faith-raising it is to hear stories just to worship side by side, and it's a joy to be here. This morning, well, hey, this is the last Sunday before Christmas. Are you ready? <laughs> All right, let's forget about that for a moment. Thrill of hope. And this morning I just really felt as I was preparing this message uh, to bring a topic that just unpacks for us what it is that Jesus is hoping for. What is it that Jesus hopes for? Because I really genuinely believe that when we understand a little more about what it is that Jesus wants, what it is that God's heart is, his purposes, his will is uh, for us and for the world, uh, when we understand that a little bit better, it increases our confidence in actually coming to the Father with our prayers, with our supplications, with our heart's desires and longings, And it also can help bring healing for the times when we haven't seen God moving, for the times when we can't match up all of the testimonies that we hear about God and our own experiences and all of the times that we feel a bit disappointed or let down. Now, in saying that, I don't think the actual answer to all of the unknown is to actually figure out the why. (laughs) It's kind of not possible to actually unpack, to discern, to fathom the mind, the will, the purposes of God, and that's not what we're going to be about today. Uh, But I genuinely uh, do believe that he wants to bring us just deeper levels of clarity this morning about what it is that his hope is for us so that we can partner with him in the work that he is doing in the world. Because from where I sit, there seems to always be a gap between what God can do and what he wills to do. I've heard testimonies of God healing cancer. I've heard testimonies of him healing all kinds of sicknesses from people that I trust. I've I've experienced a healing myself pretty, you know, I've seen some miracles. So I have this kind of core faith, I suppose. It's part of my core core belief that, that God is, can heal. But there seemed to me a gap one time when I was praying for a friend to to wake up from a coma and, and it didn't happen. Nothing seemed to happen, actually. And so there's this gap between what I know God can do and and what he wills to do, or at least that's from my perspective. That's just my very human attempt to explain (laughs) why it is that a God who can heal doesn't always heal. We see it really clearly in the Christmas story where Jesus could have been born into a wealthy family. He could have been, but he was not. He was born into a poor family, a family in disrepute because of the very advent of him (laughs) arriving. Now, there could have been room for Mary and Joseph in an inn that day in Bethlehem. I mean, let's think about this. The power of God wielded an entire empire to bring those two people to Bethlehem. These are two insignificant people who a whole empire-wide census has been declared and that means they have to travel 100 kilometres to Bethlehem and this is perfect, perfect timing for Mary to give birth and it fulfils a prophecy from Micah that the Messiah would be born 
in Bethlehem. That's some pretty influential (laughs) empire-wielding power that God is using to fulfil that prophecy. There could have been room at an inn, but there was not. We can go on interpreting (laughs) all kinds of things this way, this lens. We could say, well, Jesus could have turned stone into bread in the wilderness. I mean, he had that power. He could have. And then we could even go so far as to say Jesus could have come down from the cross to save himself. But that was never part of God's purposes and his plan. God's will was for Christ, who was rich, to become poor for our sake, 2 Corinthians. So he could not have been born into a wealthy family. And it was God's will that his son would not have a place here on earth. His home was never meant to be here. His home has always been in heaven, which is why Jesus said himself, Luke 9, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. So Pete, you're following in the Messiah's footsteps in leaving your home on ministry. It's just part of part of the legacy of Christ <laughs> And he could have come down from the cross, but that was never the purpose of the cross. It wasn't the purpose of the cross to show his power in that way. He was taking a very different route to glory. He died a prisoner for our sake and then came back to life. He was raised from the dead. And I feel like so often we can miss what it is that he's doing, just like people did that when Jesus was walking this earth as a Messiah and they missed the fact that Christ was among them because they were expecting him to come in a very different way because they had this other idea of glory. And so they couldn't, you can't see a king being glorified when he's born in a you know, where there's no room in the inn, nowhere for him to lay his head, that doesn't pit, fit the picture of a king. It doesn't fit the picture of a conquering king to die a prisoner on a cross. So we can, we're at risk of missing seeing what it is that God is doing in the world. But be assured, God is always working in powerful ways and he is working today, which is why just as we unpack a little bit of scripture this morning. I just want it to be in the forefront of our minds that God is at work, but he is not working for our prosperity. He is not working for our fame and he isn't even working for our comfort because we're promised that if we follow Jesus, we can expect to be treated the same way that he was treated. It is our holiness that God seeks with all his heart. It's us to be formed in the likeness of Jesus. So with that at the front of our minds, let's pray. Holy Spirit, we do want to see where you're working. Father God, we do want to see what you're doing in this world. And Jesus, we do want you to be glorified. So we just ask that you'd speak afresh to us this morning through your word. Amen. I said it before, we can't actually fully fathom the mind of God. And it says really clearly in Romans 11, Verse 33, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counsellor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. 
To him be the glory forever. Amen. So we're not here today to try to understand (laughs) the will of God, the mind of God, or to unpack that. Because we can't. That's uh, not going to (laughs) work. But uh, we can start to understand a little bit about what it was that Jesus hopes for because he became man. He became flesh. He He took on our form and we see him praying to the Father. His prayers are recorded and it's just such a beautiful open picture of his heart. And so we're going to read together from his longest prayer, which you can find in John 17. It's the last prayer he prays before he's taken prisoner and then taken on that road to Calvary. And uh, we're going to read specifically the part where he's praying for us, where he's praying not just for his disciples that were there with him. He's just prayed for them. But he's actually praying for all of the future believers. So this, when I read this over you right now, this is Jesus's prayer for you. If you ever have to wondering what his heart is for you, John 17, starting at verse 20, this is what Jesus prayed for you. My prayer is not for them alone. It's not just for the disciples who were with him that moment. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's you. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity, to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. So what is it that Jesus hopes for? Well, the climax of this prayer is verse 24. And here we see Jesus' longing, his desire, his goal. It says really plainly here what he wants. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. Those who are given are the ones who God has drawn to the Son. These are those who have received Jesus as their crucified and risen Saviour, their Lord, the treasure of their lives. And if you haven't yet received him that way, today is your day. (laughs) Jesus says he wants them to be with him. Sometimes we hear people say that God created man because he was lonely. You might hear it said God created us so that we would be with him. And When we look at what Jesus says here, I mean, does he agree with that? Well, it does say that he really wants us to be with him. But why? Well, let's consider the rest of this verse. Why does Jesus want us to be with him? He says, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me 
before the creation of the world. That would be a really strange way of expressing your loneliness. In fact, it doesn't express his loneliness. What it does express is his concern for our longing. Jesus is not lonely. He, the Father, the Spirit are profoundly satisfied in the fellowship of the Trinity and it is us, we, not he, who are starving for something. And what Jesus really wants for us is to experience what we were really made for, seeing and savouring his glory. There have been a lot of times where I've prayed and asked for a healing or a supernatural sign. There have been times in my life where I've heard testimonies like Pete's of people who receive prophetic words that are just affirmed and confirmed over and over again. And I've gone, God, I want to be like that. I want to hear, I want a word. Can somebody give me, I want a word. There, I've longed to see his glory. And yet there's never an assurance that when I, I can believe in a healing God and absolutely know in my core being that he is a God who still heals today, that his hand is not shortened just because I'm not seeing it. And yet in every instance there's no assurance that I will see his glory. But I do believe that in every instance there is, a, there is no assurance that we will see an actual healing every time we pray for it. But in every instance there is an assurance that we will see his glory. It's Jesus' own prayer for us for believers, that we would see his glory. And so as we pursue him and pursue his glory, I'll just encourage us to continue to bring to him the specific longings and prayers and desires of our heart, but to also come with him with the request to see his glory and to see what it is that he's doing and the ways in which he is working. Because if we narrow it down to the same picture that we see other people telling us, the testimonies that we hear, we might miss what it is he's actually doing. Because he's not going to be contained by just what he's done before. His glory is far beyond a formula. And I don't think we can just be guaranteed of a replication or an imitation. But if you really do want to see him moving, I really genuinely believe this echoing the prayer that Jesus prayed for us is a prayer that God is going to answer, even when it may seem that he's not answering other things, specific things we ask for. So we were made for seeing and savouring his glory. But there's a, there's a second part to this, and we can read this in verse 26. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Jesus' longing is that we see his glory, but that's not the end of it. See his glory and then can love what we see with the same love that the Father has for the Son. And he doesn't mean merely imitating the love of the Father for the Son. He means that the Father's very love becomes our love for the Son and that we love the Son with the love that the Father has. That is what the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that gift becomes and bestows on us, love for the Son by the Father through the Spirit. So remember, 
God isn't at work for our prosperity, <laughs> for our fame, for our own comfort even. What he's really working towards is our own holiness for the formation of us. And we see it in this prayer of Jesus's, that we would see his glory and that having seen it, we would then have that same love that the Father has for the Son. We're not looking for manifestations of God's power just to make our lives easier or to help us, you know, win some people to faith. Like it's, so, it's a bigger picture than that. There's something else at work here. Jesus' hope for us, isn't it, just that we would be able to minister in power so that more people would be saved. It's like it's beyond that. It's that we would all just have this love, that we would embody it, that it wouldn't just be something that we're trying to live up to and into, but it would actually be just who we are and that we can go out and make disciples in that same vein. So this Advent season, if there is something that you've been asking for and you're at the point of wanting to just give up asking for it. Maybe it's hard to keep coming to God with this prayer. Just want you to hold on to that for a moment. Or maybe for some of you there are situations that are from the past that the Holy Spirit might be bringing to mind for you right now where you did ask for something and what you asked for didn't happen in fact, the very thing you dreaded happening is what eventuated. So just, just hold on to that for a moment if that's you. And then for some of us, we're going to be holding on to a few different things <laughs> because for some of us, I really feel that we hear this story of the glory, we want to see the glory and we, it, it gets us a bit excited, the idea of being made to see and savour his glory, but actually week in, week out, day in, day out, we're not really that hungry for his glory. And so just if that's you, if you just need some hunger for his glory, just hold on to that for a moment. And then for some of us, I, I just really believe if there's anybody here this morning who wants to see his glory has been asking him to work in powerful ways and you, and you feel like you actually have not ever seen his glory. You haven't actually seen him break into this world with, in a supernatural way. Just, just want to hold on to that too. So there's a few different things I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to do in us this morning as a corporate group, as a group of believers. So whatever it is you're holding on to right now, I just want to invite you to invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you about those events. just want to invite the Holy Spirit right now to reveal to us where his glory has been in those times when we felt let down by him because our prayers were not answered. And invite him to just show you his perspective and his lens on those things because I genuinely believe what he wants to do for us this morning is to restore us our hope, our joyful expectation that he is moving, he is powerful, and he wants to work through you. Thank 
Thank you for listening to our Sunday podcast. If you enjoyed it, either subscribe or follow on the podcast app you use to keep up to date on when our next Sunday podcast gets released. May you have a safe and blessed week.